ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. After three years of above-average national rainfall, the switch has been flipped. The official outlook is for a hotter and drier spring than average, which isn't good news for summer. But does that necessarily mean we'll be battling bushfires once again? Today, a former Fire and Rescue Commissioner and founder of Emergency Leaders for Climate Action, Greg Mullins, on how to prepare for what's ahead. Greg, we're only about a week into spring and already things aren't looking good for the bushfire season, are they? No. Look, unfortunately, this is expected. After every triple La Nina event, we've slipped straight into a major fire season. 1957, Lura in the Blue Mountains was basically destroyed. This is Lura, the area which suffered most heavily during the 1957 bushfires. And although most of the houses which were burnt out in this part of the world have been rebuilt, some of the scars still remain. 1977, the Blue Mountains again in New South Wales, about 49 houses burnt. Last night on the Blue Mountains was a night of uncertainty. Many of the 400 or so people who were evacuated didn't know whether their houses would be left standing by this morning. Then the Black Christmas of 2001-2002, they were all following a triple La Nina. The ferocious fires touched outlying suburban areas. Houses burned to the ground with alarming speed as residents stood by powerless to prevent the destruction. And the biggest fires in Australian history, they were grass fires through the centre of Australia, 117 million hectares. That was in 1975 as we were starting to come out of a triple La Nina. Some of the country's worst ever bushfires are still raging in the southwestern corner of New South Wales in the Balranald district. So it's not unexpected. We're seeing massive fires in the Northern Territory. Skies over the Barclay shrouded in smoke as 10,000 square kilometres of dry bushland go up in flames. Fires in Western Queensland and they're starting to shift south into New South Wales. Yeah, all right. So already we're seeing fires. La Nina, of course, is when we've had a heap of rain. So then we have a lot of fuel for fire. Yes. La Nina is a double-edged sword on the first hand that gives us relief from the bushfires. And the other thing that La Nina does with those rains is it creates prolific growth, particularly grasslands, and it stops us doing preventative burning or hazard reduction burning. In Sydney at the moment, there's smoke everywhere because they are conducting hazard reduction burning. So they are trying to get rid of some of that fuel for the fire at the moment. Residents across Sydney woke up to smoky conditions this morning caused by hazard reduction burns. I gather that will happen across the country. Look at Will, fire authorities are playing a desperate catch up. I'm back as a volunteer. Having retired from fire and rescue, I've gone back to where I started as a volunteer when I was a teenager. We're desperately trying to get as much burning done as we can and that will inconvenience people with the smoke, Mm. but it's a lot better than losing homes in summer when the hot weather and strong winds come. So, Greg, at the moment, what's happening is we're shifting from La Nina 
into a drier El Nino. There's a, a big shift in the weather. So La Nina is when it gets wet on the east coast. So the temperatures in the Pacific Ocean near the east coast of Australia are warmer. There's more evaporation. They turn into clouds and then you get rain. El Nino is the opposite. The, the Pacific Ocean waters near Australia cool and over near South America they warm up. And so there's less evaporation, less clouds and usually, not always, but usually less rain and warmer temperatures. There's another wild card here and it's the Indian Ocean. The oceans really affect rainfall across Australia. We look like going into a positive Indian Ocean dipole, which means the waters in the Indian Ocean to the northwest of Australia will cool down. That means less cloud coming across Australia and again, less rainfall. Interesting thing with El Ninos, we don't need an El Nino now to have our worst fire seasons. Mm -hmm. So the 2013 bushfires in Tasmania and New South Wales, the 2018 bushfires in Queensland, New South Wales and Black Summer. The flames swept in, cars and gas bottles exploded and precious homes became infernos. Where I was standing next to the forest, it just went kaboom. There was no El Nino. We didn't need that intensifying effect, which in the 20th century was an essential ingredient mm -hmm. for a really bad fire season. But one and a half degrees of warming in Australia, 1.47 degrees on average since 1910, that's made Australia so much warmer and drier that we no longer need an El Nino. So we actually don't know what an El Nino fire season could look like with the impacts of climate change. Gosh, okay, that sounds a bit concerning. I guess one of the questions then is, are we prepared for that? And what are the key lessons that we can learn from the black summer bushfires? It's a difficult question. If people are asking this, are we prepared? And they're, they're looking at governments, they're looking at fire services, national parks, forestry, saying, have they done enough? And the answer is they've probably done just about everything they possibly could. You can't burn when it's too wet to burn. People might criticise them for not enough hazard reduction. Well, mm. it's Mother Nature. Sorry, it, it doesn't matter how much yes. petrol or whatever you put out, drip torch fuel you put out in the bush, if it's wet, it won't burn. What we need to understand as a human race is that we've made the planet a lot warmer. Mother Nature is changing things around us and on the worst days when we get weather like black summer, we're at the mercy of the elements. As a puny human race, we think we can mm. control everything. Mm. Well, we can't. And this is why climate scientists have been sounding the alarm for decades. When you talked about it being too wet to burn off, you mean we've had so much rain in recent years that there's still a moisture in the vegetation? Yes, precisely. And look, a lot of people are asking, are we up for another black summer? And Fire scientists, meteorologists, fire, fire authorities are saying, well, look, probably not because there is a lot of um, moisture in the soil still. So the canopies of the trees, which have deep roots, will stay quite green and lush. You may get days where there are some individual fires, but we're, we're not going to get months and months of fire weather like that. But we're going back into a sort of normal fire season a normal fire season after a triple La Nina, which is fairly bad, but not like black summer. Mm -hmm. 
Um, we should be looking ahead, though. Who knows what next year or the year after will be. And look what's happened in Canada, in Greece, in Hawaii. Tens of thousands of Canadians have fled their homes as large forest fires threaten multiple communities in what's already Canada's worst fire season on record. Terrifying wildfires have killed at least 36 people on the Hawaiian island of Maui, raising an historic tourist town. You know, does that tell us anything about what we should expect in the years ahead? We, we need to be very mindful. So Canada's going through its own black summer. Now, their worst fires previous to this were 2015, about 7 million hectares burnt. More than 15 million hectares have burned over there already. We've had about 700 Australian firefighters been over to assist. Greece, they had the largest fire ever recorded in the European Union. All of this fueled by drought and heat waves. Now in Maui, they had what you call a flash drought. And this is a relatively new phenomenon. It wasn't recognised in the literature until the year 2000, but it's heat waves, hot temperatures day and night for weeks. And then all of a sudden, you can find yourself in a situation where it's just like one of the old droughts that would normally take two years. So it changes conditions very quickly. And then you add the final ingredient, which is gale force and storm force winds. And these are the intensifying effects we're seeing worldwide with climate change, and it's now well understood in the science. So it sounds from what you've been saying, Greg, that you believe the best disaster preparation for fires is climate action and finding a better way to cope with these disasters. Well, precisely. And a lot of people would recall that together with former chiefs from every fire service in Australia, some national parks, SES and forestry agencies, my group Emergency Leaders for Climate Action tried to warn the Morrison government in early 2019 that a bushfire catastrophe was coming mm -hmm. and that long term we really needed to focus on climate adaptation and resilience. We were ignored. The good news is the Albanese government does listen and is in regular contact with our group, with the fire authorities. They have a number of reviews going on specifically on that aspect about adapting to a more dangerous future, or it's not a future, it's here with us now, mm -hmm. and building resilient communities. But this is going to take massive investment, not the hundreds of millions a year that is being spent now. It's going to cost billions. All right, and Greg, your prediction, what will this summer bring? Unfortunately, we're going to be seeing smoke on the horizon a lot more this year. We've had three years to lick our wounds after black summer. We will have individual days of total fire ban, extreme, and maybe even catastrophic fire weather. So people need to get used to what they need to do before a fire season or to get their fire plans ready to clear their gutters of leaves, move combustibles away from their homes. So get that advice from your fire services, get the warning apps and listen to what they say. It's actually really difficult talking to people about this to say we're going back into fire territory, but it's not looking as catastrophic as black summer. Be ready, but don't be traumatised by it. Mm -hmm. 
Greg Mullins is a former Fire and Rescue Commissioner in New South Wales and the founder of Emergency Leaders for Climate Action. He's also a councillor on the Climate Council. This episode was produced by Laura Corrigan, Bridget Fitzgerald and Anna John, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is David Cody. I'm Sam Hawley. To get in touch with the team, please email us on ABC News Daily at abc.net.au. Thanks for listening. Listening.